I really just want to say thank you for doing this and putting Mothers Together out there for everyone. It's been such a huge blessing for me um, to just have this community and to know that there are other women out there that are going through this exact same thing that I'm going through. And like the stuff that we talk about is just, I'm like, yes, like, I don't know anyone else I could talk to about poop, but like, I'm going to talk to you guys about poop. It's just, it's really refreshing to be able to say everything and anything and never feel judged by anyone. I just always just feel constantly supported. So like, this is gold to me. And I just want to say thank you for putting this together and for starting something like this. It's just, it's been crazy incredible um, and has seriously been better than like the six months of therapy I did last year. I just want to thank you because I did not really expect to connect so well with the women in my group and so quickly. And I just feel like I haven't really had a group of friends in a very long time, much less a group of friends that understands a lot of the day-to-day struggles that we have. And I know that's the reason you created this, um, or created Mothers Together is because it's hard to find that connection. And I thought I'd give it a try. And I'm really, really, really grateful that I did because we've all really connected really very well. And I'm very grateful for it. What it means to me, um, everything. Um, before Mothers Together, I was um, alone. I felt alone on an island um, where I, I didn't know who to talk to or where to get answers to questions or even just have a chat. A chat with somebody who understood what it was like to have a neurodiverse kiddo um, and, and what all that means. And now I have that. I found it. It's a community. It's Mothers Together. It's me reaching out anytime I have a question, a thought, um, a quote, a need, um, I need to vent, um, I need help. That it, it's just it wraps up into it means everything to me to have that connection and that support system um, at my fingertips. And I'm so glad that I found Mothers Together. These wonderful moms you just heard from are just a few of the members of Mothers Together, my support group style community for moms raising neurodivergent kids. So you all know how passionate I am about Mothers Together. I remember how very lonely and isolating it was to raise my child, not knowing if anyone else out there was going through a similar experience. What I would have done to send a quick text to a friend who could simply say, I totally relate. You're doing the best you can. You're an amazing mother. So when I launched this community in August of 2021, I set out to provide each and every mom with the exact level of lasting friendships, deep connections, and judgment-free support that she needed. With over 100 members now, the feelings are mutual. What we've gained can only be measured in true validation and close relationships. So what do you get when you join Mothers Together? There are three pieces to the community. Number one, the forum, off of social media with its own app, lets you search by category. Everything from location to age of child to diagnosis to types of schooling and many more to connect right away with moms who might be going through a similar struggle as you. Number two, your support group called the pod squad. That's your home base matched personally by me with other moms and mothers together. You have weekly meetings and check on each other on a regular basis, sometimes every day. When I jump on Marco Polo, the video messaging app, I hear messages between moms such as, how was that doctor's appointment? We're thinking of you. Let us know how the play date went. I'm having a really tough morning. School drop-off was a nightmare. I need to vent. 
Not only do you have your pod squad, but you also have access to the entirety of Mothers Together members, ensuring you can grow your web of support as large as you personally need to. And number three, our monthly guest expert live Q&A, so we can get some professional advice right there on the spot. We've had such amazing guests as Laura Pedix, otherwise known as the OT Butterfly on Instagram, a pediatric neuropsychologist, a therapist, an IEP coach, a life coach, an EFT practitioner, and many more. If you are struggling with the day-to-day grind of motherhood, wondering who in the world understands the challenges of raising a neurodivergent child, Mothers Together is your ticket out of being stuck in your head. Your people are here right now waiting for you. So don't wait. Sign up and join us at ontheharddays.com forward slash mothers together. New pod squads start soon. Today's question is, how do I help my gifted kids constant need for attention? Like, how do I help my child with this problem? And I wanted to tackle this one because not only is my neurodivergent kid gifted, but I think that this could apply to all neurodivergent kids. And it's a quick answer, but with a, a deeper explanation. So the quick answer is they're understimulated. They're looking for stimulation. Um, let's unpack that a little bit. So first of all, I cannot tell you how many times a day my children tell me that they're bored. Now, this is very common for all kids. Everyone says that they're bored all the time. And honestly, many times they don't even really know what they mean by bored. But in all cases, really, they're understimulated. And with a gifted kid, they get understimulated, in my opinion, way more often than a neurotypical kid would. So with all kids, when they say they're bored, right? And I I'm, I know I used to do this too. Like, I am bored. What does that mean, boredom? It means all the things that I have, all the toys that I have, all the options that I have, nothing feels right. Nothing sounds good. Yes, yesterday I liked shooting hoops in the driveway, but today that just doesn't feel enjoyable. Yes, sometimes, and by the way, it was all the time, um, I loved going upstairs to my room, shutting the door, turning on the radio, because I am 95 years old, and writing in my diary, like, the stereotype is real. And I totally did that all the time. In fact, I kept the diaries, and I have a million of them. Um, But, like, sometimes I just don't want to do that, right? I don't want to go up to my room. I don't want to write in my diary. I don't want to listen to music. I just don't. Why not? You liked it yesterday. I don't know. I just don't want to do that. I'm so bored. This is not about the toys or the activities or the whatever. This is about stimulation. And gifted kids and neurodivergent kids, I think, need that that stimulation way more frequently than anybody else. So even though the question didn't say the word boredom, that's where my brain went because when that kid is looking for that attention constantly, constantly, they're looking from for that input from you that is going to give them their dopamine, that is going to give them um, something to work with. And as a mom, it's very annoying. Like, let's be honest. Um, kids following you around, pulling, pulling at you. First of all, they do that when they're very little regardless. And that's such a hard season of life. Toddlers, preschoolers just hanging on you all the time and 
constantly, mommy, watch this and mommy, watch that. <laughs> like, you know, it's cute and all, but it's also exhausting. But when they're older and they're neurodivergent and gifted, um, in this case, I mean, it's still the same way. Ma, and, and my kids do this to me too, but they're just, mom, like, what do I do? I'm so fussy, you know. <sighs> what? Or, or it's the flip side. Maybe they're not whining, but maybe it's something enjoyable. But it's like, hey, look what I'm doing. Look what I made. Look what I'm, look what I wrote. Do you like my handwriting? Do you like my drawing? Oh my gosh. So that constant need for attention, they are looking for us to provide the stimuli for them. And I think, you know, certainly that's going to happen often and that's okay, but it can't be constant. And so they need something else. Now, if we're talking about a gifted kid, they are seeking something, something that, that gets them going, something that pumps them up. And this is a really great time to, to maybe have a list of things and topics and ideas that a gifted kid can pursue on his own or her own. It depends on their age, of course, but if they're old enough to do some research. Now, sitting down and just taking notes, like, no, that's way boring, and that's maybe some kids like that, but that's, my kids wouldn't. So what does this mean? Okay, so Mr. Nine went through a birds of prey stage, and I'm as a, a gifted kid, he's gone through these phases of obsession about some educational topic. It started with geography when he was four. We did space science at one point, animals, um, uh, uh, castles. He went through a castle phase, but he had a very long birds of prey phase. Kid was obsessed, obsessed with giant birds and this would be one of those times where, you know, if he's in that season of life where he's into birds of prey, let's have a chart or a list or some, something, a menu where when he's understimulated, which is really what that boredom means, what can he choose that does not involve you? following you around, looking for your attention, your, you know, can you create this assignment or, um, gosh, my teacher hat just went on, not assignment, but like, can you, can you create an activity for me? Can you give me an idea of what to draw? Can you, when my kids say, can you tell me what to draw? I will tell you every single thing I mention. they say no. So I'm like, why are you asking me? Because they're craving something different that gives them that boost of dopamine. So I would suggest, like, let's make a list. So if this were Mr. Nine when he was in his birds of prey phase, it's like, okay, if you're feeling tired and calm, then seems like reading a book would be a good idea. Like grab a bird book, or that would be a good time to do some research. Maybe watching some videos on birds of prey. Um, checking like to see if there's any documentaries or anything, you know, that would be great for, for the calm, tired sort of kid. What other options can we put on the list? The obvious one, get the heck outside. Now, Mr. Nine doesn't like to be outside. That's a whole other issue. But there are times of the year when the weather is perfect for him. And um, let's grab those binoculars we bought. Head outside. Let's put together a little journal, or you, I'm sure there are pages you can print out online where you can um, 
record the birds that you see. Uh, we have owls in our area. We have uh, hawks. We have seen turkey vultures, um, bald eagles. Like, let's do this. What do they sound like? Can we get a little um, recorder, like, you know, old school tape recorder type of thing and record the sound that we hear. And then we can go and go on YouTube and check different bird calls and see if we can match it and figure out what the bird was if we didn't see it. Can we draw pictures of what we're seeing in like a little um, observation notebook, like a scientist? You know, can we, do we find a nest in the woods? Um, you know, birds' nests fall from the trees so often and they're these coolest, you know, circular things. It's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This engineering. Um, let's jump on. And after we pick at this nest, take a good look at it, observe it, what do we notice? And then jump online and um, watch the process of a bird making a nest. Now, when I say we, I really mean them. And it depends on the age of the kid. But if they're constantly in need for attention and they are old enough where that is not always appropriate, then they can do this on their own or with a sibling. Um, I mean, e either that or even if, if they're on their own, let's say um, nobody else is around, they're on their own, you're working from home, like you absolutely cannot help them right now, nor do you want to because you need a break. Then they can go choose something off this list and then they can come and show you, you know, you, you want to be uninterrupted for 25 minutes. Make it fun for them and quote unquote fun. Make it... Um, give them this extra little bit of dopamine and say 27 and a half sec uh, minutes, 27 minutes, whatever. So that they're like, ooh, it's not 25, it's not 30. And they, they look at the clock and figure it out. And then they can come show you. Look at the nest I found. Look at the uh, drawing of the, the hawk that was sitting on top of our roof that I drew to match, match it. Listen to the sounds that I recorded. Like, <sighs> it's so hard. So I guess... For me, especially with a gifted kid, it's these out-of-the-box ideas for stimulating them about their interests and their passions. So when Mr. Nine went through the birds of prey phase, I like to think about it when my teacher hat is on. I think about the different subjects. We could read about birds. We can write about birds. We can draw birds, paint birds, um, watch bird videos. We can... Um, make Lego birds. We can go outside and actually look for the birds. And, you know, so think about all the different ways that someone learns and takes in information. They see, they touch, they feel, whatever. Um, go find some feathers. Um, can we match the feather to what bird we think it came from? The hardest part of this kind of thing is coming up with the list in the first place. So you definitely, depending on the age of your kid, Mr. Nine was uh, seven and eight, beginning of eight, but I think mostly seven when he went through this bird of prey phase. So he's going to need me to spend the 15 minutes with him and come up with the master list. But once it's, once we've decided upon it, I'm going to slap that list on the wall. And anytime he's bored and antsy and looking for my attention, it's like, go check the list. Now, he's not always going to willingly just pick something from the list and problem is solved, but... Most times, that should happen. And in a time when it doesn't, there's probably something else going on. They're hungry. They're tired. Can you fix it with a snack? Can you just throw on some TV because that's the kind of day you're having and that's it. Like, you just need the day to end. That happens too. 
give yourself the grace to just make the right decision in the moment based on looking at your child and looking at your own needs and coming up with whatever. But but making that list, you know, at a time when you do have the energy and you do have the time and the kid is willing to put the time in to come up with that master list and then it's there and they can point to it. If they can't read, you can do pictures. Um, if they can read, you know, however you want to give that information to your kid in some sort of chart or list form, make it big. Buy a whiteboard that you can put on the wall and, um, you know, make little boxes or, or just make this ongoing bulleted list of um, birds of prey ideas when I'm bored or when I don't know what to do with myself. And, and you can do that for Legos. You can do that for any science topic, for different animals, for um, um, and, and even fictional sort of topics. And you've got kids who love um, playing pretend. And I mean, it goes on and on. Art. So especially with gifted kids specifically, it's like, let's, let's make a menu of options that really get you going. And if you just write down read, or research, or write, that's not going to do it. We've got to get specific and have them make it with you so that they are invested in their own ideas. Like, yes, this sounds awesome. I would love to do this. Um, what we once, during this time, they, uh, Mr. Nine did it, but the other kids did it with him. He went and got like a little shoebox and he started making like a mini habitat outside of, um, I don't know, what, like a robin might, <laughs> I think he was hoping that the robin would like build a nest like in, in the box, which is, did not happen, but that's okay. It's that kind of idea. Get, get out, get thinking, get creative. But if you write down, get creative, it's not going to happen. It has to come from themselves. That's the way I, I view this question in terms of needing attention, that constant need. It's like, I need the input. I need the stimulation. And they are thinking that the only place they can get it from is you. So it's teaching them over time, and they mostly learn this through experience, that they can provide their own stimulation. We just have to think outside of the box and perhaps come up with a plan beforehand so that the list and the options are there when they need it. So that was a quick one. I hope that that answers that question. As always, I, I definitely love to hear from all of you. Um, I'm always up for continu continuing a conversation. If you have any thoughts or comments or further questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I'm at on the hard days with dots in between each word. Um, or you can email me at on the hard days at gmail.com. Um, plenty of ways to reach me, but I love hearing from you. If you have any other questions or suggestions for future topics I should discuss, please jump on uh, in whatever way you find me and let me know and I'll add it to the list. All right. Thanks, guys.